Hi, and welcome to the Fertility Warriors podcast. I'm Robin Birkin, and I am so grateful and honoured that you're here today. From my own journey with infertility and loss to becoming a mind-body practitioner and holistic fertility coach, it is my sincere hope that I can help make your journey to conceive lighter, more supported, and easier by sharing deep emotional well-being guidance doable conception tips, and real talk about what infertility and loss looks like. I'm here with you every step of the way. Now let's begin. Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Fertility Warriors. I'm so grateful to have you here. I'm so grateful to all of the people over the last couple of months who have joined us in the Mind Body Fertility Reset community. Resetters, I am so proud of you. For everyone who doesn't know, the Mind Body Fertility Reset is the way to work with me if you want to start rediscovering and reclaiming your life, figuring out and finding your joy, supporting your fertility through brain-based daily rituals, brain-based science and techniques, as well as support and community, then I really highly recommend that you join us. It's such a fun place to be and it's something that I've been working on behind the scenes for the whole of 2021 and it's going to be here for a while. There's so many resources I can't even start to describe what's in there but what I think you should do is actually just go to the webpage to see everything that's included. So if you go to robinburkin.com slash Mind Body Fertility Reset. That's where you'll see everything that's included in the program. And we have members from all across the globe, as well as many different age groups, many different journeys. We have same sex couples, we have solo fertility warriors, we have, as well as, you know, heteronormative couples, all sorts of different people in our group. And I'm so, so proud to be running it together with some incredible coaches who run the program with me. So it's very accessible, it's very affordable, and the research shows time and time again that not only do mind, body, and support groups help improve your quality of life and rates of you know infertility stress, marital stress, but they also significantly improve pregnancy outcomes. So Those in support groups are twice as likely to get pregnant as those who are not. And time and time again, the research shows that mind-body interventions, particularly when they're implemented at the start of fertility journeys, can dramatically support an increase in pregnancy rates by more than double. So robinburkin.com slash reset. It's a fun place to be. So try it out. We've got, you know, you can join for one month and see what's there, see if you like it. And then if you don't want to continue to be a member, that's fine. There's definitely no hard feelings there. But you can also continue to be a member for as long as your journey lasts. So I've had this topic for today's podcast on my mind for a really long time. And it's almost a bit of a can of worms as a topic because I know that there's lots of I don't know, fertility coaches, nutritionists, dietitians, functional medicine people, and particularly traditional Chinese medicine practitioners who will say, so long as you've got a period, it's all great. Like we can get you there, no problems. However, 
And there's, you know, fertility specialists who make it seem like the second you hit 35, there's no hope. And I'm a little bit in the middle of this. And my answer is maybe. I think that there is definitely an age when getting pregnant with your own eggs might be really difficult, as hard as this is to say. But I do also firmly believe that you can be more pregnant, more fertile now than you were at, in your late 30s, for example, than you were in your early 30s and your 20s. And I'll tell you why. There are so many factors that affect fertility and so many factors that affect the female body. The more that I train in our brains and how that affects us physiologically, all the way from gut health to sleep to stress to the mitochondria that we have in our bodies, which is kind of like the batteries of our bodies, the more I train in this, the more that I learn how much influence we have over our physiological health by in so many ways, right? And egg quality is the number one concern when you reach, oh, I hate the words that they use, advanced maternal age. So when you reach, you know, that age of plus 35, but also, you know, at any time, so it doesn't matter if you're 25 now, right up to like 43, there are so many factors that can influence your fertility and your general health. And I know that for myself, when I was in my like mid 20s, this is what my life looked like. I would binge drink on the weekend. I would eat these packet noodles. They're, I mean, they're great for university students from a budget perspective. They were, they would cost us like 32 cents a packet. We also have these things called two-minute noodles in Australia, but they're these Asian packet noodles called mee goreng. And they're basically these fried noodles. You just put it with hot water, but then you mix it in with these sauces that are basically MSG and like super nasty stuff. That's what I used to eat for lunch, just the noodles, two packs of noodles in the microwave. I used to drink this drink called Up and Go in the morning. Is it the worst thing in the world? Absolutely not. But it was this, it was a drink that came in a packet. It was a milky thing. And I think it had like six tablespoons of sugar in it. I had a really stressful job. So I used to work my minimum hours at my job. I don't even know how this was legal, was 8 a.m. till 6 p.m. And I would have functions after work like three or four days a week until late at night. I had when I, I used to be a high-level marketing manager for an ASX listed company that was quite large. And I used to be at the head office with all of these marketing people under me. It was really, and I hated I hated most of the people there, if I'm being perfectly honest. They it was 95% male company and Everyone talks about the Me Too movement and 
the way that women are treated in society, in the workplace, can I tell you, like textbook, sexual harassment, male-dominated industry, so many inappropriate comments, the way that I'm... Uh, you know what I'm trying to say. It, it was a very toxic environment. I stayed there for three years. I remember once bursting into tears in the office. Oh, no, I just had, you know, tears streaming down my face and my boss said to me, why are you crying? And all I could reply was, because you're a jerk. <laughs> Sorry. I, I just remember, like, I, I honestly... I, I liked him sometimes and I really disliked him other times. I felt I, it was just not a healthy environment for me. So mid-20s, that was what my life looked like. I drank out of these pump water bottles that were full plastic water bottles. I didn't meditate. I did some exercise and I or even remember at around that time in my life once I had just burnt the candle at both ends working such crazy, ridiculous hours in a stressful environment, not looking after my health, not looking after my emotional well-being either. And I got sick and I got like a sinus infection. I was getting the worst headaches and it was like a flu that wouldn't quit. And I took these heavy painkillers, so Panadol and Codeine. So Panadol is paracetamol and Codeine together with cold and flu tablets. So the cold and flu tablets at that time, I don't know what it was that they also had, but it's something that's I think banned now in Australia that they make meth out of. I can't think of what it is, but that. So like, like it's something that sped you up, right? So I was taking both of those things for a long period of time, every single day to cover up these intense headaches that I was getting so that I could push through work. And I ended up like barely functioning in the end and I had to go see a doctor. I had to go on a course of antibiotics for a very, very long time and big lesson learned. But I can hand on heart say that that was a time in my life when I probably wasn't very fertile versus when I was, you know, 32 and was eating really well, was starting to look after my mental and emotional health. And I know that we always, you know, if you break an arm, you'll go to the doctors to get that fixed. We, that's what we do. But we continue on in society, not just you know, when we're going through infertility, but we'll be going through really hard times in our lives. And it's almost like we refuse to acknowledge internally how hard it is and that we're not coping. I put on Instagram a quote the other day that so many people were like, yes, which said something along the lines of what if real courage was saying I need help instead of saying I'm fine. Ah, sorry to interrupt. I just wanted to quickly jump in and express how grateful I am that you're here today. Just to let you know that if you'd like more emotional well-being, resilience and conception tips to check out my programs and services, you can find me on my website at robinberkin.com or on Instagram at robinberkin. All right, let's get back to it. 
And I feel like that resonated with a lot of people. And I feel like in society, we're so used to just saying, I'm fine. And really what we need to say is I need help. We need to say, right, what do I need now to fill my cup and feel okay? What support can I get? Um, And that's one of the reasons why the people who, you know, engage in things like infertility support groups and mind-body practices have such dramatically improved fertility rates. And the big reason for that is that chronic stress affects us at all levels. It affects the number one thing that depletes the batteries of our cells. So the batteries of our cells are mitochondria. Mitochondria is like the energy of our cells. When we have eggs, the thing that our eggs need the most is energy. If you have, I don't know the figures off the top of my head, but the amount of energy a sperm needs is like 20 mitochondria. All it has to do is get to the egg and hey presto, I'm done. And actually the egg, your egg will, when the sperm gets there, it'll like dissolve all of that from the sperm. It'll be like, meh, mine's more important. But an egg has this ridiculous, ridiculous amount of mitochondria in it, like 20,000, 30,000. I can't remember the exact stats off the top of my head. An egg needs so much energy. The number one thing that depletes our body's energy, so our mitochondria, is stress. And 70 to 80% of stress is emotional stress. The rest is physical stress, so such as what you eat, the physical stress that you put your body under when you exercise, all of those things are what deplete mitochondria. As we get older, we don't have as much mitochondria for a a number of reasons. And that's one of the reasons I'm sure many of you take things like CoQ10 and don't 100% understand why you're taking it. And one of the reasons is because CoQ10 can assist us in producing mitochondria or replenishing the the energy in our cells, replenishing our mitochondrial function. So that's one of the reasons why it helps you. And so when we start to look at our fertility, the habits that we have, the stress that we're under, you can absolutely be more fertile at an older age than you were in your 20s and 30s, depending on what your lifestyle was like. Is there an age when I would say, you're too old? No, because I don't know what your habits are. I don't know what your life is like. I don't know what your background is. I don't know what your cycles are. But if I can give you a couple of pieces of advice, if you are someone who is listening, who is over 35 and freaking out about the ticking time bomb, Here's what I want to let you know. You can be more fertile at a later age than you were, you know, in your 20s and 30s. Be your own best detective. Look at your life. Look at, okay, well, where might I be experiencing a lot of stress? And I don't just mean emotional stress, although that may well be the number one source of your stress. It could be your sleep. It could be in your diet. It could be in toxins that you're exposed to. Where might there be 
and like areas for me to improve or is am I already doing everything right? What does my cycle look like? Does my cycle look perfect? But for whatever reason, you know, I'm at the IVF clinic and I still keep getting embryos that don't make it, you know, like poor egg quality issues. What What is, you know, am I doing everything right and still it's not working? And there's a lot, there are so many people out there who are like, nope, I'll work with you. Let's get your egg quality back. Here's what I want to say, which is a bit of a different opinion, is that there is no shame in saying, well, actually, I don't want to exhaust all of my finances. I don't think I have the energy to be able to do this again. I think my priorities have changed. There is no shame in that. And there is a big and very supportive childless by chance community. There is also a growing and incredible donor conception community. And here's what I want to say about donor conception as well, is that 100%, as with anything, the preference may have been to have children with your own biology. Maybe it's right for you. Maybe it just isn't for you. Everybody has different points. Everyone has different journeys. Everyone has different things that they are willing to pivot towards and not pivot towards. And so you have to do you together with your partner. You have to, this is something that you need to decide together. I know though that whatever the outcome is, whether that is to continue with cycles and treatments, whether that is to say, you know what, actually I'm done, or whether that is to say, okay, I'm ready to explore donor conception, whatever that path looks like for you, I do know that you will live a happy and fulfilled life or you can live a happy and fulfilled life, whatever the circumstances are. At some point, you're, you know, you may reach a limit. If you can say to yourself, hand on heart, you know what, I am really am ticking all the boxes here. I've like put in a good effort and I think I'm done. And I have a, a podcast episodes about being childless by chance. So you can start looking at, well, what are the questions? What did it look like for them? What might I need to think about? Certain things may not be your first preference and it's super common for you to feel like there's all these sunk costs. So a sunk cost is basically a non-recoverable cost. You can't recover that time. You can't recover that amount of money. However, that doesn't mean that you need to keep doing something that isn't working like because you've spent that money or whatever. That's never a good way to look at things. But what I want to say is there's definitely so many options and there's many people out there who will be like, and I'm happy to give you their details. If you're like, no, nah, give it to me. They'll say, stop doing IVF for six months and work with me. And I'm going to get you in the best possible place. I'm going to run all the tests. I'm going to do all the things. And there are certainly people like that, but you have to decide for yourself what you want to do. Look at your cycle. What does your cycle look like? Do you have a regular cycle? What is your flow like? What is your pain levels like? Does everything there check the boxes? What is your lifestyle like? What's your sleep like? What's your stress like? If you ticked all the boxes there too and you are still getting dud results, work with your fertility clinic, see what they think. Yes, sometimes they're going to push you towards donor conception and you're like, nope, I'm ready to try with my own eggs one more time and that's okay and you still can get pregnant. So I want to let you know that 
it may still be possible for you. You have to self-judge what things look like for you, what your circumstances are. Yes, there will be a time for everyone when they are too old to get pregnant. No, your fertility specialist is, there's, here's what I want to say. Your fertility specialist is likely scaring the pants off you, making it seem like your fertility just drops off a cliff once you hit the age of 35. In actual fact, the age 35 was just an arbitrary age that they plucked out of nowhere of when they said, oh, your fertility rapidly declines. Actually, your fertility doesn't start declining at a more significant pace until 37, but just because it's declining or your chances of getting pregnant are lower doesn't mean that they're none. But your fertility specialist will be able to give you an idea based on your unique body, your unique stats. You'll be able to have an idea based on your natural cycle, based on, you know, some of the things that I've discussed today, your sleep, your emotional stress, your diet and your toxins, those four things. How would you rate yourself out of those things? Is there room for improvement? If you're like, no, I am ticking all the boxes and still not getting anywhere, then maybe it is time to consider. You don't have to make a decision and you can always change your mind. You can say, you know what, I'm done for now. Uh, And one month or two months or three months is not going to so dramatically change results one way or another. I can promise you that. It's not this like as urgent as they make it seem. You can take a break, reassess and, you know, then come back to things. You can say, you know what, I'm done and then change your mind and come back and say, actually, one more crack or say, actually, now I am open to donor conception, that you can do that. Nothing has to be a forever decision. I hope that's been a helpful episode today. I feel like I've rambled a lot, but I have got off my chest all of the things that I want to say. There is still hope for you. You are likely, 75% of the people listening to this are not too old to get pregnant. You can be more fertile now than you were in your 20s. And we are here to support you through whatever your next chapter looks like in the Mind Body Fertility Reset. And here at the Fertility Warriors podcast, where I am so thrilled that I get to chat with you every week. Thank you so much for listening and I'll catch you next week. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us here at the Fertility Warriors. We'll meet you again same time next week. Before you go, though, if you do need some further support, then we encourage you to come and join us at the Mind Body Fertility Reset, the ultimate community for anyone who would like to conquer stress and fuel their fertility. In the Mind Body Fertility Reset, we focus on some of the big pillars to fertility awesomeness. That is community and support, having community there to lift you up and to carry you through your hard times. Sustainable and small steps lifestyle support, helping you conquer your diet goals, your movement goals, cut out toxins and enjoy food and becoming your best and healthiest self in a small steps and sustainable way. And lastly, and what I think is most importantly, emotional well-being. Infertility and trying to conceive can be an incredibly hard journey. And it's really hard when we haven't learnt the skills through school and through other avenues to help support ourselves through really hard times. 
So in the Mind Body Fertility Reset community, we go through all of these things to help you become your best and healthiest self and thrive despite this journey. To find out more, visit us at robinburkin.com slash mindbodyfertilityreset. And lastly, we need to let you know that any of the information contained in this podcast is for inspirational and educational purposes only. It doesn't substitute advice from a qualified medical professional or mental health expert. Please know that there is no shame ever in getting more help when you need it and to always consult with your medical professional before taking on any changes to your journey. Wishing you all the best and cannot wait to catch you next week. Bye.